everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today I want to share a uh, presentation that I gave to Livian at our Livian Advance. It was called The 200% Life. Um, I, think, I, I think our listeners will greatly enjoy it. I know that it was a fun presentation for all of us. And so without further ado, welcome to Livian Advance 200% Life. The 200% Life is basically there's a 100% outer world and there's a 100% inner world. Life is not actually two, 100%. It's 100%, it's 100% on each side. If you haven't noticed, there are these things out here, right? There's people, places, things, material items, enhancing your life, pleasurable things, 80 dance concerts, me, watch, me beating, you know, Charlie over there singing. There's all these things that go on, right? And then there's this inner world. What most of us are doing with our lives is we've found this concept where if we go out there and rearrange people, places, and things and get them the way that we want them to, then our inside starts to feel good, doesn't it? If we get what we want, you feel good. If you don't get what you want, you don't feel good. And this, this, this fallacy that we found ourselves in is that we start to play this game, which is, if I can go get what I want out there, for a few moments, I'll start to feel like I want to inside. Well, at some point, you kind of wake up and realize it's not wrong. It just doesn't necessarily work, does it? How many people in here have gotten what they've wanted many times? How many people are in a state of bliss right now? <laughs> right? So, I mean, I'm serious, right? Like, you don't, like, it's, doesn't, it's not wrong. It just doesn't work. And so there's a different way to play checkmate with life, which is you wake up every morning okay with everything. What's so hard about that? How many people's voices inside your head right now just told you that it wasn't okay? That we couldn't do that? A lot of you have probably seen this phrase that says, need nothing, enjoy everything. It's on some of our t-shirts. I have it written. It's, it's kind of a reminder for me. And it's not that you renounce life. It's not that you don't go participate with it or you don't make money or buy a yacht or nice cars. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. Everything you're doing, for the most part, and I say you generic use, so I'm not talking to anybody specifically, is you're doing it to try to get a feeling inside. Like, you wouldn't go want to make money if it didn't give you some feeling. So, the way I kind of look at this is, why don't you just wake up and get that feeling and then go interact with life? And the only way that you can truly have absolute freedom in your life is to actually be okay with everything. No wonder why people are walking around scared all the time. Because you wake up and when you get what you want, now you have to hold on to it. Now you're worried about losing it. So it doesn't even work when you get it. So you're walking around in this, I always call it like the coat of anxiety. And you're just, you're literally now trapped. Instead of understanding that there's a different way to approach all of this. You know, I'm going to show you one slide. There's two slides I'm going to show you. Number one is this right here. 
There's nothing more important to your true growth than realizing that you are not the voice of the mind. You are the one who hears it. So let's ask you a question. When you were 10 years old and you looked in the mirror, right, what'd you see? It's not a trick question. I mean, what'd you see, right? You saw yourself at a 10-year-old version, right? And then at some point, when you looked in the mirror today, you saw a different version of yourself, didn't you? But wasn't it the same you that was looking both times? This is where I love this. Like, how do you know you had a dream? How do you know you didn't have a dream? You say, wow, I slept so good. How do you know? How do you know you had a wonderful dream? Who was the one experiencing the dream? Who is that person? You, right? So the question Eric asked me earlier today on a podcast, he said, who are you? And so you can kind of answer that two different ways. We all play roles in life, don't we? You're a husband, you're a father, you're a brother, you're a sister. You are a business owner, you're a CEO. You're all these different roles that we play, but none of them are really you. None of them are you. They're roles that you play in your life. It's like last night, Chris was the only one that still showed up this morning thinking he was in an 80s dance concert. <laughs> Everyone else moved on. So we play these roles, but what happens is we get addicted to these roles that we, we think we are, right? People like to ask, like, what is the ego? People think the ego is like bravado or showing off, and that's just not right understanding. Ego is a self-concept that you've created of all the experiences that you've had, all the people that have taught you something, every book that you've read, and you've created this mask that how you see the world. And the problem with that is you only see it based on your own experiences. How many experiences have happened in the world right now in the last five seconds? Billions. So you've got one glimpse of life. It's like basically a 300 million page book and you read one letter and you go, I know what's going on. I mean, how many people woke up this morning and go, man, I'm so glad that my heart is still pounding. So glad that 23 trillion cells that are in my body actually secreted and did things properly today. How many people wake up thinking about that? You're, no, you wake up and you're going, man, I wonder, wonder what I could wear today. It's also why if you wear Libyan gear, you don't have to think about that. <laughs> it's truth. One more I want to show you real quick. I want you to think about this for a second. The moment in front of you is not bothering you. You are bothering yourself about the moment. There are moments that happen and you're either okay with them or you're not okay with them. But the moment is not bothering you. You are bothering yourself about the moment. When you get stuck for 30 hours in an airport, the airport doesn't care that you're stuck in there. You then start bothering yourself about the fact that you have these things called likes and dislikes and preferences of how you want the world to be. It's how you actually see it. 
You know, it's funny, when I was going through this journey in my life, um, I shared a little bit on Tuesday morning, I didn't want to just go and, you know, you talk to Eckhart Tolle, and it's kind of interesting. He's like, the number one thing people ask me, they, I go to Starbucks every morning, and he's like, yeah, people ask me, like, why are you in Starbucks? He's like, because uh, I like coffee. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you drink wine? Yeah, so I, I enjoy it. It's like we have this idea of what a spiritual person looks like, and all that looks, all, the only difference is, the only thing a spiritual person does is they wake up every day, and they understand that they're not going to play this worldly game. The game they're going to play is this inner one. Because if you're really honest with me, how many of you are actually, truly at peace all the time? Enthused? Excited? I get that there are moments. But there's a different way to live your life. You can still build a hundred plus million dollar team. You can make millions of dollars. You can give it all away. You can do anything you want. But none of that is going to give you the feeling that you're looking for. It's why people are walking around feeling like there's missing something. And there's a, some sort of calling that's there. There's something, you ever notice that there's like an itch almost inside you that's not there, not scratched yet? It's because you're still searching for something outside. What you're actually looking for is you. <laughs> you're looking for you but you can't find you because you are you. How can you find something that you are? So what we do is we then play this game of thinking, well, if I just go get what I want, then it turns me on, and then all of a sudden we've built this whole egoic concept of ourselves of who we think we are. But you're not really that. You're the one who sees. Your life owes you nothing, by the way. It's been around for four and a half billion years, Earth has. The galaxy's been around for 13.8 billion years. By the way, this had nothing to really do with what I was about to talk about, but it's just fun right now. The, the galaxy's been around for 13.8 billion years. You're here for what, 100? 70? 140? And we think we know what we're supposed to know? We do, none of us. It's actually the most freeing feeling when you can just accept what happens in life. What people want is they go, I want freedom. Well, there's plenty of people that have financial freedom and they're miserable. There's plenty of people that have no money and they're miserable. And there's plenty of people that have no money and they're excited. And there's plenty of people that, actually the majority of the people that have a lot of money are miserable. I will tell you that right now. You know, I was at a, I met with a guy who is the wealthiest guy in the state of Vermont. And he's very, he worked really hard to get off the Forbes 100 list. And I was having dinner with, or breakfast with him, and he just came back from a dinner with Warren Buffett. And I was like, well, where's, where's my invite, dude? Like, where was that? But uh, he didn't think that was funny. So anyways, we, uh, he was down there, but he actually, what he said to me, he goes, you know, Adam, um, he said, uh, there was 99 billionaires, multi, multi-billionaires there. And he said they had their names on hospital wings and colleges and everything you could think of. And he said, you know what? 97 of them were absolutely miserable in their lives. 97 of them. It's a high percentage if you want to do that math, Eric. <laughs> so my point of even sharing all this is, so where do you start? Because right? we'll get into this a lot more. But where do you start? 
And all I really want you to do is just be aware. You're not your body. If we took your arm off, I mean, you saw Rick, right? He had lost his leg. Was he still here? So you're not your body. Let's just be clear with that. Because you could remove your body and you'd still be there, right? You'd still be conscious of everything. Everyone have a voice inside your head? Likes to talk a lot, doesn't it? It's so funny, people get into meditation, they go, man, I can't meditate. And I go, well, well David, why can't you meditate? I was picking on you because you're on your phone. Um, I was like, David, <laughs> I was like, why can't you meditate? And you're like, well, I have all these thoughts. And I go, congratulations, and I give you a hug because that's exactly the whole point of a meditation is to actually pause for a second long enough to realize that there's this roommate inside me that is constantly talking to me and I'm paying attention to it. And I go, that is the whole purpose of meditation is to realize that you're living your life by this little voice that is talking to you, telling you what to do, running your life, and you can put the I in there that's essentially ruining your life. Because it changes its mind second by second. So the first place you just start is to recognize that everyone has it, and it says some really weird things in there. Some of them are just way out, right? And you're like, man, it's, where did that even come from? Like, I don't want to go punch Matt right now. Like, <laughs> well, some of you probably did. But anyways, you get the point, right? Like, it just says really weird things in there. So you actually start to make peace with the fact that I'm not just going to listen to that. What I'm going to do is, so self-mastery, by the way, one of the definitions of self-mastery is overcoming that voice inside your head that is trying to derail you from your goals. It's trying to derail you from you living your life. And being authentic, by the way, is not telling somebody, you know, whether you like them or don't like them. That's not really it. Being authentic means that you're no longer having your life run by that narration inside. It's not going to go away, and we'll get into a lot of this over the years. It's just you stop paying attention to it. And people are like, well, that's easy to say. It's going on. I mean, how much is it just, how much, by the way, in the last five minutes has just been narrating whether or not you like or don't like what I say right now? <laughs> but who's paying attention to it? Yeah, everyone is. You all, don't be embarrassed. It's not wrong. It's just you are. You're listening to that voice and then you're acting on it. And so one of the things that you realize, I think the, and I think that's why I wanted to go to this quote, is because there's nothing more important to starting off on your true growth to realize that you are not this voice talking to you. There is a difference. Anybody had like an aha moment or that, you know what I'm talking about, like those deep aha moments? Like when I was talking about when I was 15, it, they're not mind generated, are they? Because where does the, the voice comes from the left side of your brain? That's where language is developed, by the way. It, it always starts, if you ever noticed, it's always talking on the left side of your, your head. You'll now pay attention to this. You're welcome, <laughs> by the way. But it always generates from the, the left cortex. It's actually where language is generated from and feelings or emotions are on the right side. So anyways, once you realize that you actually are not that voice, is the greatest gift that you'll have in your life because that's actually what you're starting. It's your starting path on your growth phase. 
And I promise you, it'll give you the greatest peace that you can have. And we'll work a lot on this over the period of time. But what I really want you to start with is this. Who are you? Y'all either be driving back or on a plane. I want you to answer this question. Who are you? Remember the difference between the roles that we play. We all play roles. The biggest challenge that we have is we become addicted to the roles and we think we are actually the roles that we play. And this is where suffering comes in. I don't mean suffering, by the way, and I use that word. I don't mean suffering like your arm's broken or like somebody's stepping on you. I mean that there's just a change in your energy, isn't there? How many people, you're perfectly fine driving down the street and all of a sudden a thought shows up and you're no longer fine? like every five minutes in most people's lives. It just shows up, doesn't it? It's, it's you're just watching this process go on and you go, man, the mind just generated another thought. The cool thing is you actually don't have to pay attention to it. It's like if there's a blender sitting on your kitchen table, it has no power unless it's plugged in. You ever notice that thoughts have no power over you unless you pay attention to them? But the minute you pay attention to a thought, guess what happens? You get taken down a train, don't you? It's like you heard Josh the other day say this when he was up here, right? He's like, yeah, interest rates rolled at 7%. He's like, oh my God, my house is going to come across, right? Like you just do this whole thing that you watch, right? And you all do this all the time. And next thing you know, you're not there. You're not present. That's why there's all these terms, mindfulness or awakening. All that really means mindfulness or awakening or you're awake, when you're awake, you realize that there is this narration going on all the time that you're awake to it. Mindfulness is that you're aware that there's thoughts being generated. The second one is what is ego? And, and I want to really under, to let you know that ego is not what we think. Everyone in this room has an ego. Let's just be 100% clear on that. Everyone in this room is, is part of the human development and the human process, but everyone in this room has an ego. And again, the ego is a, the way I like to think of it is like a mask that you put on. And that's how you see the world. And the mask, by the way, is everything that you like and dislike in life. And that mask, as you see the world, you go out there and you search for everything that you liked in life and you try to avoid everything that you didn't like in life based on your preferences. Which is why the Buddha said, you know what? I don't know if you guys know the whole story of the Buddha. I'm going to be done because I know you guys want to get out here. But like, they're the really interesting. The, the Buddha was a prince. By the way, the, when people talk about the Buddha, they don't refer to an actual person. Buddha is a state of consciousness that people can achieve. It's called the Buddha state, if you really into it. But anyways, the whole story about the Buddha, you guys will find is fascinating. Uh, he was a prince, and his parents never wanted him to experience suffering. So they actually prevented him from going and seeing death, old age, or sickness, until he was like 17 or 18 years old. Can you imagine that, by the way? 
had a family, he had kids, never was exposed to it. And one day he walked outside the village and he saw dead people. And he was like, what, what is this? And they're like, oh, he, they, they died. And then he's like, well, what is death? He's never exposed to it. Talk about sheltering your kid, by the way. <laughs> it's a little aggressive. But anyways, at that moment, he left his entire family, by the way. It's funny because we revere him now or, or you look up to him, but he left his entire family. I mean, imagine doing that on social media now. Like, you know, Adam left his entire family to go search for spirituality. Great. A lot of people would follow you. But like he literally left and he went out and for years he went away and tried all these different things. And he finally came back when he was all done and going through all this rigmarole, I'll save you a whole story. He came back and he said, I understand. Basically, there's four noble truths. But the first one he came back and he goes, look, you understand that all life is suffering. And he said, the cause of suffering is desire or preference or like. That's it. And in order to be free of that, you're free of likes or dislikes. One of the most um, powerful lines ever written is written in the Third Zen Patriarch. It's a very dense book, and I don't really recommend you read it unless you really want to. But the opening line says it all. It says, the great way, the path of enlightenment, feeling of just ecstasy, whatever you want to refer to, is the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. However, make the slightest distinction and your life will be set between heaven and hell. And so usually when I get in this part, people are going, how the hell do you go through life without any preferences? Well, you ever been in like a flow state before? Like maybe skiing or sports or running or speaking? Like you ever, a lot of people in here speak before, right? You know when you're speaking and it's just like you're in that moment, do you have any likes or dislikes in that moment? No, you're just actually in the flow, aren't you? You're actually harmonized with things. You're no longer having the mind. Next time, by the way, next time you go have a conversation with somebody, I want you to see if you're actually listening to them or if you're listening to the mind narrating their conversation and you about to understand what you, like you're looking for your opportunity to say something, you're looking for opportunity whether you agree with them or disagree with them instead of actually hearing somebody. So why are you here? I promise I'm going to end with this. Why are you here? You drop down in here. You have this body. Congratulations. It looks different than everybody else's. Wonderful. Look, nobody does this with any other animals, right? Like, when's the last time you went up and you're like, dude, I can't believe that cow's. You see that black patch in that cow? How dare he walks around with that black patch? It's a little bit bigger than the other one over here. This one's a little bit different over here, right? Nobody does that with animals. So why are you here? You come in this earth with nothing. This is why I like to talk about death so much, because death is honestly our greatest teacher. It's our greatest teacher because it neutralizes and makes everybody equal instantly. Instantly, everything you worked for that you thought was important is no longer important. You don't take it. You're here for like an hour. 
I mean, I'm serious. Just bring some awareness to you. You've literally dropped down to the most crazy, beautiful planet ever, and you're messing your life up. <laughs> you're going to be out of here before you know it. And you're not going to look back and go, the purpose of my life was to get that one transaction done. <laughs> or to make a little bit more money. They're all, by the way, it's not about renouncing anything. That's why I love this. The 200% is nothing about renunciation of things that you can do or impact. Those are all wonderful things. Well, look, while we're here, we might as well play. And you want to play, win the game. It's fun for no other reason just to win the game. It's what makes it. Creation itself created all of this, and so it wants you to go create. How can it experience itself if it's not experiencing through you? Yeah, we wake up and go, we find the littlest things bother us. The smallest of moments throw you off and you end up yelling at somebody or pissed off. Or if you don't do that, you're just suffering inside. So when I ask the question, why are you here? What would be your answer? What would be your answer that you tell somebody when you've got a couple hours to live? You know, it's funny because our world is so caught in the doing that we forget that there's an actual sequence here. The ego, by the way, resides in doing. It resides in doing. It's why it's never satisfied. It has an insatiable appetite that you can never, ever, ever quench. Can you? You buy a new car. How many people have bought a new car in the last couple years, by the way? And within a week, you saw a different color of that car and you go, shit, I should have bought a white one. <laughs> I knew I should have bought the white one. And now you're suffering because I'm serious. You, whatever, you, whatever your car is in this metaphor, it's true. There's nothing wrong with the car. There's nothing wrong with having those things. But think what we do to ourselves. It's because in this doing world, 99% of your life is spent in the doing world. It's all about doing, 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 which is why it's so weird because in our society, when people get past the age of actually doing, we no longer actually validate them anymore. It's actually pretty sad. So I own healthcare campuses. Some of you guys may or may not know that. And so we actually built the first Alzheimer's cares, pure Alzheimer's cares facility in the state of Vermont. Um, I operate one of them and the other one we don't operate. But when you watch people in Alzheimer's cares, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I was, there was a actually a really good point there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, thank you for that whole thing. People, literally, people, people stop valuing people when they can no longer produce something that you think is going to benefit you. It's the weirdest thing how we do that. It's, it is. And it's because we live in this whole doing world. Well, there's nothing wrong with the doing world. That's why this is 100%, but there's another 100% we have to pay attention to first, which is your being, which is who you are. I mean, you are a human being. When you're the being and then you go play in the doing, it just becomes a game you play. It becomes fun. You win, you lose, 
You get pissed off, sure. It's like writing on water. It goes away in a second. It doesn't mean you don't feel things. It's not renunciation of feelings. You're just none of that. You're not the feelings. You're not your voice. How many people in the last week have had a variation of feelings? So it's impossible to actually be your feelings. You can't be. You're the one experiencing it. That's the point. Stop labeling whether they're good or bad. The minute you stop labeling whether it's good or bad, then you just enjoy the experience of what you're experiencing. And I understand that experiences feel different. We all do. Again, a rattlesnake experience is different than a butterfly. But some people enjoy the rattlesnake more than they enjoy the butterfly. Who's right or wrong? Stop putting a preference on it. That's the problem with language is it cuts you off from your source. Language in itself actually makes things feel separate. It's like I have a hand, but your hand's actually attached to your body. It's useful, but it can cause problems. So this whole being world, which is understanding my first 100% is my inner world. And when we talk about spirituality, spirituality means I'm way more concerned about how I feel inwardly than anything that I do outwardly first. And then when you make your purpose about your inner experience first, about absolutely making sure that this becomes the foundation of what you operate from, this, by the way, to help you all out here and your egos for a second, you actually become a very fierce competitor. Because the minute you are detached from an outcome, you are a fierce competitor. And it's way more fun to live your life that way. You know, the whole cross thing is really interesting, right? Back 3,000, 4,000 years ago, this whole intersection is the 200% life. The horizontal line is the doing world. And the vertical line is the being world. But it's rooted in being first. If you're not in the intersection here, you're doing the doing, you're forgetting the foundation of who you are, which is why when I started this, is why people are walking around feeling like they're missing something. And you're missing the fact that you are you. <laughs> so what I want you to do is I want you to be aware of this. And you're going to have a lot of questions on this process. That's okay. You'll figure it out. But if you wake up, and this is, this is what, this is, let me just give you a, plenty of people teach a lot of techniques out there. Let's give you one real quick one. Every morning I wake up, and the first question I ask, actually, this is exactly what happens every day I wake up. I wake up and I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> oh my God. I woke up again. I mean, I'm serious. This is literally what I sound like. I'm going to go back. Like, it's like the coolest thing. I don't know what's going to happen today. I understand there's a probability of what might happen today. But man, I don't know what's going to happen today. It's going to be awesome. For no other reason than I get to experience something. Because as far as we can tell, nobody else is experiencing anything else anywhere. <laughs> so that's my starting position. And then the next question I always get into is, how do I want to feel today? How do I want to feel today? And my answer is never, I want to go make a bunch of money. I have a bunch of money. And I'll tell you, that's never going to give you the feeling that you're looking for. I promise you it's not. 
I know, and everyone's like, oh, that's nice for you to say that. I promise you. Look, you've already done this, by the way, many times. How many people are making the amount of money that you said 15 or 20 years ago, if you were making this amount of money, your life would be like the holy grail of everything and everything, there'd be no problems, my life would be perfect, and there would be like snow everywhere. I don't even know if that's a sentence, but you get my point. <laughs> right? So you... It, it, are you there? No. Now you're like, well, if I just get a little bit more, it's not this, you know, 100,000, but if it's 200,000, then check the box. It's not 200, then all of a sudden it's like, but if I get to a million, if I really get to a million, then it's okay. And if you're at a million, you go, if I get to 10 million, and it's really 10, and if you're at 10 million, you're like, if it's 100 million, game changer. Well, I promise you that game is this game that you're playing. <laughs> so stop playing the game. So the question becomes is, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel every day? And I don't know about you, but I want to be excited about life. I want to have peace in my life. I don't want to be subject to things outside affecting my inner world. And you just have to make a decision because there's gonna be a lot of things that happen that you don't like. There's gonna be a lot of things that happen in your life that are not fair, they're not morally right, they're nothing, and you're just okay with them. It doesn't mean you don't change it, it doesn't mean you don't fix it, it doesn't mean you don't fire people, it doesn't mean you don't hire people, it just means while you're doing this, you're enjoying the process. Because what's the alternative? Which is probably what you're doing right now a level of suffering that increases and decreases based on whether you get what you want and avoid what you don't want. So it's your choice. I can't do this work for you. Nobody can. Nobody can do this work for you. This is an inner job. And you just got to make the decision of where you want to aim your sights. We talk about this in Project U a lot about aiming your sights. Because if you wake up every morning with that intention of how do I want to feel, you're aiming your sights higher. Because if you don't, the world's going to pull you back into this little rat race. This little hamster wheel that's going more and more and more. And by the way, everyone knows they're on this wheel, so they want you to be on it with you. And so they try to pull you on it more and more. And I get it that it feels really, really good to indulge in it. Doesn't it? It does. Just like if you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes, I bet it feels really good to take a drag. Same thing here. So how do you want to feel? You're not going to be perfect at this. It's going to take you a while. But if you're here and you're going through life, you're going to have a whole series of events that go on. Every day there's going to be something new that shows up. And are you attached to it or are you just watching it go by? And are you interacting with it? You know, here's how, here's how I think about my purpose. People ask me this all the time. The purpose of my life is to raise the moment that is in front of me so that the moment is better off for having passed by my consciousness. 
That is my purpose of my life. It's not to make money. It's not to help any of you. But it is to help you. It's to help anybody. That's why people ask for my entire life. I've been teaching and coaching and doing these type of things. And people come and go in your life. And I always, people say, well, how do you, you know, pour into people? And then all of a sudden they leave you. Because I go, because my purpose of my life is to raise the moment in front of me so that the moment is better off. And I don't know if they're going to stay with me and I don't know if they're going to leave. But while they're here with me, while Don's here with me, I have a responsibility to my purpose to raise the moment for both of us. And then when they stay for a while, that's wonderful. And when they go for a while, I give them a hug and that's it. And I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different on vacation. I don't feel any different when I'm not on vacation. What's a vacation, by the way, right? It's let me distract myself from myself for a period of time so I feel good inside. I'm sorry, but let's be real. That's what you're doing. And the thing is with vacations, the funniest thing ever because you spend 30% of your energy with weeks leading up to it thinking about the future. You bring the future into the present moment thinking that's the moment. What you're doing is you're devaluing the present moment by saying some future moment is going to be better than this moment. And let me be very clear, there isn't a better moment than right now. So stop devaluing the current moment that you are in by forecasting and thinking some future moment is going to be better. Because it's not. Because once you get to the vacation, after you've missed two flights, your kids are yelling, and you're there, right? Your only thing you're doing while you're on vacation is thinking about the next moment. And then guess what? You get there, and you actually have a drink or two, and then all of a sudden you go, wow, this place is amazing. I wonder if I could buy a place here. And you pull up the app, right? You start looking over here and you go, man, if I just buy a place here, my life will be perfect. Wonder how much, you think we could buy this, honey? Come on, be real, you all do this. And if it's not that, you're going, man, we need to plan another vacation. While we're on this vacation, we need to plan another vacation. Without the kids or with the kids or we're going to bring somebody else different. I'm not bringing my mom anymore. My whole point is the entire time you're on the vacation, you're, you're future casting still. You're still not living the moment. And then all of a sudden you get back and it's another three days of travel on the way back. And all of a sudden you get to work and somebody's like, hey, how was your vacation? Like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Best thing ever. And now you've brought the past into the future convincing yourself that it was better. It was awesome. This is what we do with our minds, by the way. This is living life. This is living mind, not life. And the difference between being and doing, in doing, you're living mind. And in being, you're experiencing life. The beautiful fullness, richness that every moment can give to you is life. Period. There is no greater gift. You know why you're afraid of death? The only reason why you're afraid of death is because you think you haven't experienced something and you're still trying to get the experience. That's why you're afraid of death. Well, once you realize there is no other experience to have but this moment, you will no longer be afraid to go. You don't want to. You just won't be afraid to go because you've experienced the fullness of life. That's why people are afraid of death. It's like, you know, I just need one more year to live. Great, what'd you do with the last 60? I was preparing for another year. 
it's like we just do this. It's so weird. It's funny too. Like even the language that we use is we already we're already so much smarter than you think you are. You go, I don't really like the way I feel inside. Well, who doesn't like the way you feel inside? I don't like what my thoughts are saying. I can't handle myself. I can't handle this. You know, it's funny. We even use mind as a verb. The funniest thing, if you think about this, right, Will? You go in there and somebody's like, hey, do you mind if I use your car? What you're really saying is, hey, Don, do you think your mind's going to freak out if I take your car for a little bit and cause a disturbance inside that you don't like or are uncomfortable? Yeah. I mean, that's really what you're doing. It's just, we just wake up to all of this and realize we're already doing it. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we don't need to do that. Hey, before you go today, I want to give a shout out to everyone who has left us a review. It really makes a huge impact and helps us spread the word about our podcast. This review is from ES Dunn. Love to listen to Adam and Hallie's podcast. I'm always inspired and challenged to change and be a better person. Love that. I love the positivity and that they share their successes, I would add, and our failures with their listeners. So thank you so much for that review, ES Dunn. We really look forward to reading these every time they come in. So thanks again.